Hi, this is Varun Haran, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have with me John Girard, who is VP Distinguished Analyst with Gartner. And he specializes in mobile security, so I'm going to pick his brain today a little bit about the mobile security trends that we have been seeing in 2016 and how the market has matured. He's also going to be sharing some recommendations for practitioners to go back and apply to their own mobile security strategies as to what they can do in the year 2016 to deal with the threat landscape that exists. John, firstly, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. So, John, first things first, what are some key trends in mobile security globally that you're seeing? As we know, the market has matured considerably in the last two years. We've seen a lot of consolidation as well. What are some key trends for this year to look out for? Well, it's interesting that we still have multiple mobile operating systems and platforms, but clearly we're down to two that matter. Uh, For most enterprises, it's going to be a choice of an Apple device running iOS or one of various Android devices. We have seen the Apple system be a relatively safe and manageable approach because you have a single source for everything that's involved in the platform, as well as a curated app store. On the Android side, there continues to be a lot of chaos. There are thousands of variations of Android That is a natural byproduct of it being available as an open source solution with the innovation that goes along. But from an enterprise perspective, it has not made the job any easier to work with Android devices. Modifications and variations and permutations make systems less predictable. Most companies find that if they can standardize on a platform that's predictable, the mobile device situation is a bit more manageable. However, it's impossible to ignore the versatility and choice level in the Android world. So companies are constantly struggling struggling with the search for best practices that will allow them to have a stable and reliable experience. A side effect of the variability in the Android market is that we're seeing growing interest in supplementary mobile threat defense products. Last year when we were talking, we were mostly talking about mobile device management, and we were talking about the larger capabilities that have come into that framework through enterprise mobility management vendors. And that's all still very important. You do want to manage the configuration of devices to keep them safe. You do want to have some application control and content control. You have to manage mobile identity. These are things that the enterprise mobility management tools do well. But because of the chaos in the Android side of the market, you also need to be scanning your apps and checking their reputation. You need to be looking for signs of misbehavior, such as unusual use of resources on devices, unusual allocations of, of memory, power, etc. Uh, these take us into the realm of studying mobile threat defense product technologies. If you have a company device that is extremely well managed and locked down, you may not need them today. But users want some flexibility for installing applications. And that makes a second opinion increasingly more important. If users are bringing their own device, which I know now is becoming much more popular in the uh, Asia-Pacific realm, then the second opinion becomes even more important. In fact, it might be the only opinion because many people will reject the idea of having their company put a management agent on their device. But if you offer them a mobile threat fence tool, they may be more receptive because they tend to view, the average person, when I say they, tends to view the threat defense products as mutually beneficial. They're looking for protection against malware and ransomware and other such things, and they're going to see a mutual benefit for using those tools. You know, information-centric mobile security. So what exactly do you mean by that? And to my mind, I think what I've heard about information-centric security is that there is now a kind of a schism in the mobile security space where you talk about, on the one hand, securing the data 
on the mobile and the other hand security the infrastructure itself so is that along the lines of what it is yeah information centric security is a suggestion on my part for protecting information given the reality that we still have data leakage going on and the message from the examples i just gave around the the different ways that mobile devices can be challenged is a symptom of the problem that's it's going to be a case where information will continue to be stolen from devices it'll be copied it'll be harvested and as well users will perhaps accidentally or or intentionally copy information into places where it shouldn't be unsecured shared folders sending it out in emails without a second thought so we need to look at simpler or more direct ways to protect the information that's important to us. Information-centric security is a philosophy by which we move to the idea that firewalls, boundary encryption, IPS, etc. are still necessary, but we know that information will get out, so we're going to protect the information at the level of itself. There is a name for this. It's not necessarily a popular name. It's called rights management. Enterprise digital rights management has not been popular because it's difficult to implement. Uh, it involves rigorous, in many cases, e- efforts to classify information. It also can be potentially expensive because there is no open standard at this point to allow competition. And scalability and migration can be difficult because once these tools are in place, you may have a hard time moving your information into other encryption frameworks. Essentially, migration can be quite a chore when you use these tools. So we're looking at ways to help people understand simple methods to put information-centric security in place. I'll give you an example. If I were to set a rule that all information that was created or updated in my corporate applications was automatically encrypted and assigned at least one basic key, and that key was company use only. This means that I no longer have to worry about whether I have sensitive or non-sensitive information on my device. I don't have to worry about which information on my device might be visible to someone else. And if I accidentally send an email to the wrong person with an attachment they shouldn't see, I probably won't have to worry about them reading it. Because anything that goes outside my company can only be read by someone who has the key. So at a very simple level, I could say implementing rights management as a low-level horizontal policy is one of the most effective ways to reduce the effect of data breaches on just about every platform I own. Now, as I say, installing it is a little harder than talking about it. I do have to have a situation where I can depend upon my applications to use this key policy and to employ the encryption. If you're a Microsoft shop in the sense that you're using the Office applications and the primary source of your workflow stays within Office applications, you could look at Microsoft Rights Management. It's built into the standalone Office apps. It's built into Office 365 and it's built into Azure. This means that it's generally available on any platform where those applications and data stores are running. In this sense, I can start to consider a horizontal policy. The moment I want to have additional policies, I have more work to do. I might want to have a special key policy for a particular project or a particular group in management or a particular group in marketing. Now it becomes complicated because I have to organize those keys. And if someone changes project status or ends up working in more than one role in the organization, I'll have to do more work. So you can see this is why people have shied away from DRM in the past. It gets complicated, but there's no downside to this concept of a horizontal protection because it does so elegantly solve casual data leak problems. Now, I've mentioned 
complexity. I've talked about scalability. One more aspect that's really important here is that if I share information with somebody outside my company, I have to be able to give them keys and I have to be able to set policies for the duration of their access to the information. This is a weakness in all products. We need vendors to step up to the delivery of a extranet key management service where I can check in and check out my privileges to get to information. And that is not something that's readily available as a scalable solution today. So I do have several problems. I have the implementation at a horizontal level and the necessity to find applications that will work with a common rights management approach. I have scalability and complexity if I want to start doing individual projects and do segregated relationships for different work processes. And then I have the extranet, key lifecycle management problem. So these are all challenges. I believe they're all surmountable and I believe that they could be surmounted within the next two years. I think we have to look at solutions like this because data is mobile. Information goes everywhere. You know, the last couple of interviews that we've conducted with you, you spoke about failure-proof mobile security. You spoke about not having mobile insecurity. That was almost a year ago when you spoke about scale being a problem, the platform limitations being some of the challenges. Has there been any progress on all of that? How has the security landscape developed for the mobile in the last year? Well, as I mentioned before, Apple devices have a, a very strict architectural design without too much deviation. Mm -hmm. And so they continue to be a relatively easy path for enterprises to consider. In the Android world, we still have considerable variability. Uh, as I'm sure most people listening to this will know, Samsung has distinguished themselves to a large degree here because they've adapted the trusted execution environment in the processing platform for Android uh, to create Knox and, and other features that go along with that. So they actually have a very strong native container capability. Uh, this goes a long way to help fix things, except for the fact that there are many, many Android device manufacturers. So again, there's no standard for creating pervasive mobile security on Android. You are pretty much limited as you go out on the market and look around to the features that an individual platform provider chooses to put on the platform. And I want to make it very clear, I'm not criticizing Google here. Google has a very complete solution, including full device encryption and Android for work which is an extensible container solution for apps and data. But the nature of the distribution of Android allows everyone who builds a device to make fundamental changes. And in some cases, those changes can be quite markable, even if you are creating a certified Android-compatible device. Google's making efforts to rein in some of the platform makers and device makers to try and create more consistency, but it does create problems. And as an enterprise, I can't order everyone to just use one device manufacturer or one model. I have to have some flexibility. I probably said last year, and it's still true, that our experience and that in feedback from many of our customers is that it's about 10 times or 15 times more effort to manage Android devices in a population than it is Apple devices. And it's because of these variations. The fact that it's, you know, it's relatively easier for users to jailbreak and root the devices, that just contributes more problems. If we're talking an enterprise solution, in most cases, I can resolve the security, even though it's a little more effort. I can resolve the problems because I can install an enterprise mobility management solution on my Android platform that's going to give me back some of the controls that have been lost through the variability of the platforms. I have to be careful, though. I might want to be selective about which Android platforms I choose to support, but I could give a range of choice and freedom to my users that are bringing their own device. 
However, if I can't get the users to agree to any level of management, I have a much more complicated problem than I would have with Apple devices. And that's where we still have a lot of work to go. There are several companies that have products that can do a degree of device management without fully installing an agent. And in some cases, that may be a tactical solution for now for people that bring their own device but need some level of oversight. Again, there are certain mobile management products that can run in an agentless or nearly agentless mode. And then there's also cloud security broker products. If I can convince the users to allow me to direct their traffic through a cloud service, I may also be able to give better protection both to the user and to the company. But these are always complicated solutions. Every one of them depends on some level of cooperation between the company and the user. And every one of them has to bow at some point to either inconsistencies or gaps in the platform. Now, I don't want anyone to think that Apple's perfect. The iOS system has its own set of challenges. There are limits to what I can do with managed apps and managed open-end capabilities. But again, I'm trading chaotic diversity for consistency. And at that point, we are still facing an interesting schism in the market. In the MDM market in the last couple of years, we've also seen a lot of maturity with a lot of consolidation happening and big security vendors picking up all these small players. So what's your sense of where the MDM market is heading and what can practitioners expect in terms of their investments? Every market, is, as it matures, is going to shrink. In many cases, I've felt that markets would shrink faster than they did. In an interesting way, I find that sometimes vendors will stay around for a long time, but they become insignificant in terms of their competitive effect in the market, as well as insignificant in terms of their revenue. That's been true of other markets I've watched. In the case of the enterprise mobility management market, we are starting to see companies leave the market or become insignificant. All told, I've seen times when there are over 100 150 companies that had some level of mobile device management. In fact, you'll find that many companies in the identity management markets, the network infrastructure markets, and other related areas will add MDM, at least, to their product as an included component. Now, I'm not talking world-class MDM. I'm talking just very basic stuff. And they've done it because they believe that they can't win contracts if they don't have a checklist item for MDM. Others have added partnerships in with the lead companies. This is going to continue to artificially inflate the number of companies that can offer device management. But in terms of significance, uh, we have a shakeout coming. With Microsoft being active in the EMM space and having a, a compelling future solution with their EMS overall architecture and the Intune product, we're going to see a, a lot of the players that are not major in other ways uh, lose significance, and that will shake down the visibility. I'd rather not name names, but I would say that any company that does not have another major line of business related to application delivery and, and networking that's trying to have a play in, in the enterprise mobility management market will probably shake down. And I could easily see six of the stronger players being the, the major ones standing in two years. Um, so any Anyone who's using a product that is not currently a strong show uh, in the mobility management space should probably consider a roadmap discussion okay. uh, to decide what that company will do next and how far they will take the product. If all you're using your mobility management tool to do is to keep inventory of devices and, and look at a few parameters, you could use just about anything in the market and you could, you could use the inbuilt features of a network infrastructure company and you may be satisfied. But if you really do want to get into mobile content management, Management, you want to do container type solutions, uh, you want a dedicated secure email client, mobile identity controls, then you really need to start looking to the ones that are going to survive the challenge of positioning themselves with Microsoft. 
tonight. Bjorn, thanks for joining us. Thank you. That was John Girard, VP and Distinguished Analyst at Gartner. For ISMG in Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.